Ladies and gentlemen, this is America's Healthcare Advocate. Broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Your guide to protecting your personal health. Bringing you simplified answers to the complex questions surrounding healthcare. Everything from cancer to liver transplants. Nutrition. Exercise. My yoga and Pilates instructor, Dana Goodale. Mental health and even pet care. Dr. Wayne Hunthausen, Westwood Animal Hospital. Empowering you to take control of your health and wellness. My very special guest today, Grace Marie Turner, president of the Galen Institute. Welcome back, Grace Marie. Well, Carrie, it's a pleasure to be with you. And I do have to say, you are the most knowledgeable about health policy. Just superlative. And now, ladies and gentlemen. Gentlemen, 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 gentlemen. And now, America's healthcare advocate, Carrie Hall. Hello, America. Welcome to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA on 202 affiliates. Thanks to all of you in our listening audience. My producer today, Mr. Oscar Monterosa. I'm your host, Carrie Hall. This is your show, America. Thank you for joining us and listening to our broadcast. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook, as well as the website at americashealthcareadvocate.com. That's the website. Instagram and Facebook is America's Healthcare Advocate. Also, podcasts are on TuneIn, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spreaker. And I know a lot of you are listening to them because I get a lot of feedback. So uh, feel free if you miss the show or you want to tell somebody about something you hear in the show or or want uh, to advise them of a topic we discussed, you can go to the podcast and do just that. Um, Again, they're on iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and Spreaker. Additionally, if you are in need of health insurance, we've been getting a lot of Medicare calls, people moving to Medicare, some people moving early because of early retirement, because of the Conehead 19. Yes, I did say that I'm trying to be a little humorous today. Anyway, the Conehead 19 virus. um, So a lot of folks are, are, you know, opting out, it seems like. So if you need help with Medicare, wherever you are, 877 Seven three eight five twenty two twenty four. 877-385-2224. The lovely and knowledgeable Joyce Thompson will be happy to help you. Uh, she helps people every day, and uh, she can show you all your options for Medicare Supplement, Medicare Advantage, etc. Also, if you need individual health insurance, she can help you with that as well. Short-term policy. We're going to talk about some short-term policies in the show today. Um, If you lost your coverage or you're furloughed or whatever the case may be and you don't have group health insurance, this is something you can do. It's affordable. And I'm going to give some rates out and talk a little bit about that in in the third segment of the show today. But just so you know, there is a short-term policy available to you, almost any any market in the country. And if you need help with it, again, uh, 877-385-2224. All right. So this is one of my famous, they're famous to me anyway, cornucopia shows. What does that mean? That means I'm going to talk about a lot of different things today. So the first thing I'm going to lead off with is an article out of the New York Times. It's called The Cost of the Pandemic Increase Could Increase Insurance Costs by 40%. So the article written by Reed Abelson goes on to say that an analysis in the United States of premiums say they could increase as much as 40% next year if pandemic results of millions of Americans needing hospital stays. Additionally, it goes on to quote a Mr. Peter V. Lee, the executive director of Colored California. Let me covered California. Let me start right there. Okay. Recognize who the source here is. Okay. Covered California is a California plan. 
okay, run by the state of California, et cetera, et cetera, with carriers in the plant, et cetera. But that's how covered California works, all right? So they have their own exchange in California. So keep in mind where you're getting what the source is here. He goes on to say, Mr. Lee, no insurer, no state plan for this for, from plan to put money away for something of this significance. He continues on. Mr. Lee's organization estimated the total cost of commercial insurance market represents 170 million workers, would be somewhere between 34 billion and 250 billion of additional expenses as a result of the Conehead 19 COVID-19 virus. At the high end of the virus, it would add 20% or more to current costs of roughly $1.2 trillion. This is all coming from this gentleman uh, with Covered California. Uh, He goes on to say that uh, Mr. Lee warned that insurers are likely to seek rates that are double their additional costs from the virus if the costs go on for more than 20%. Regulators would take a sharp eye to any high premium increases, he goes on to say. All right. So <laughs> let, let's sort this out a little bit. Okay, first of all, I can tell you right now, and I have talked to in, insurance execu- executives around the country, that what's really happening is claims are way down. In fact, they're significantly down. You know why? People are not getting elective surgeries. People are not going to the doctors. People are doing a lot less. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm saying this is reality, okay? So what we actually have is carriers with very, very low claims rates uh, that are trying to anticipate what's going to happen next year um, as the floodgates open, people start getting their regular surgeries and all the rest of it. The the COVID-19 virus has not had a significant impact on most of these carriers. In fact, as I said, a lot of the carriers that I talk to um, are sitting on large reserve funds because they're not paying claims because the claims aren't coming in because people aren't getting the knee replacement, the hip replacement. They aren't having gastric bypass surgery. They're not having, you know, the various kinds of elective surgeries that we have for various reasons. That's that a lot of that has been put on hold. Now, the hospitals in a lot of areas are doing them again, but as an example, Texas shut them down again, elective surgeries, so they'd have enough beds for people that um, were diagnosed with COVID-19. The article does go on to say buried in the body of the article. One actuary said insurers have told him that they have no plans to raise rates sharply because they do not think the pandemic will change their predictions about ongoing medical expenses once it has run its course. Okay, so. When I see these kind of headlines, and the New York Times is famous for this kind of thing, um, the first thing that jumps out is that insurance carriers are going to raise rates by 40%. Okay, No, they're not. Okay, uh, I doubt if we see any significant premium increases. I'm going to go on a limb here. We've got three more months, four more months, whatever it is, five more months to go. Um, I doubt if we see significant increases because of the fact that claims are so low. And claims are what drive premium. So you understand how it works, and and so I think it's important to understand. This is the kind of stuff that I see in the media that drives me crazy because it's completely one-sided, and it's not based on fact. Although I will give them credit, buried in the article was the one actuary who said he didn't anticipate premium increases. But their headline and everything that this Mr. Lee with the state of California's covered California saying is, oh, my God, we're going to get hit with big increases and then – the hidden little gem in here is, but regulators will keep a sharp eye. So I think it's very interesting. So anyway, I wanted to bring that to your attention, kind of 
point out the myth there, if you will. So here, here's a, a, an interesting piece, okay? And this comes um, from, the, uh, from the Wall Street Journal. It, it's, done, it's written by Mr. Stuart Rosecrans, who is the chairman of Delphi Capital and the founder of Intelligence Squared, a U.S. debate ser- series. This is very interesting. So he, he says there's good news if you're an average American living outside of New York City. The epidemic was a period barely noticeable increased your risk. Your chance of being an extra fatality uh, was about one in 5,000, somewhat higher than your chance of dying in an auto accident in a year. He goes on to say, and if you were under 50 with no serious health conditions, your risk was the ballpark one in 50,000, okay? Similar to your risk of dying in a fire. I mean, why am I doing this, okay? Because this hysteria that we see in the media um, I'll give an example here in Kansas City. Uh, um, we had a 30% increase in COVID-19 cases. You know what that represented? About 200 cases in a five-county area because they always use the Kansas City Metro, which is Johnson, Wyandotte, Jackson, Cass, and Clay counties. So it was about 230, 240 cases over a, a three- or four-day period. So, you know, what I'm saying to you is I'm not saying this isn't serious and don't take it seriously. What I am saying is there needs to be some context to it. And unfortunately, the media seems to thoroughly enjoy pouring gasoline on the fire and scaring the hell out of people by telling them that we're having massive increases in people diagnosed with COVID-19. In reality, even in places like Texas, Florida, California, by the way, if you took, and South Carolina, if you took all four of those and combined those, they are, the, the, the COVID-19 rate of hospitalization in people who were diagnosed in New York City was six times higher than all of those states combined. So does that put it in some kind of context for you? Um, Yes, it's serious. Yes, we should be social distancing. Yes, I'm wearing a mask. Yes, I'm using hand sanitizer. No, the sky is not falling, okay, Uh, and and the world's not coming to an end. There's a very interesting quote um, in – in, in the end of this article, it's by Maria Curie, and it says, nothing in life is to be feared if only it is to be understood. Keep that in mind, okay? So the more we understand, the less we have to fear. Um, I think that's important. I think it's something you need to know. And I'm going to continue to point out in these broadcasts when I do these kinds of shows, this kind, this kind of misinformation that I see out there that um, has got people really scared and really nervous. Again, I'm not saying it's not necessary to do the social distancing, wear your mask, do your, do your uh, hand sanitizing, wash your hands, all the rest of it. What I am saying is let, let's use our heads and understand what's really going on here. All right, when I come back from the break, we're going to talk about a number of different things. We're going to talk about an obesity crisis in this country and what is happening now that's going to change that. Stay tuned. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting here on the HIA Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. We'll be right back with more after the break. Welcome. 
Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Here on the HIA Radio Network, I'm your host, Kerry Holm, my producer, Mr. Oscar Monterosa. In this segment, we're going to be talking about obesity, a strategy for obesity. Before I do that, I want to remind you, if you want information on the P300 EEG brain scan, Wavi brain scan, you can go to the website, brainhealthscan.com, brainhealthscan.com. We've got a lot of people calling in to get individual scans. We also have learned something new recently. Personal injury attorneys and clinics and physical therapy facilities and workman's comp facilities that are treating people that have had injuries, whether it's car accidents, concussions, whatever the case may be, are using our scans to produce scientific data that then can be given to a medical provider uh, and used in the diagnosis process or talking about whether they can return to work or play or drive or whatever the case may be. There's a lot of information on this available. The website, brainhealthscan.com, brainhealthscan.com. Feel free to go up there and take a look. Um, And if you want uh, more information, we can set up a Zoom conference and Steve Sanborn would be happy to walk you through how it works. But we're having a lot of success uh, with the, the Wavi Brain Scan now. All right. All right, so in this segment, we're going to talk about something that is, you know, I've talked about on this broadcast for years, and that is what I call the obesity crisis in this country. So here's some numbers you'll find interesting. 70 million adults in this country are obese, okay? 70 million adults are obese. This is evenly divided, 35 million men and 35 million women. 99 million people are overweight. So add those numbers up. What, what does that say? Huh? We got 169 million people, almost half the population of this country that has some kind of a weight issue. And what does that do? Now, just think about it a minute, okay? It adds to um, diabetes. It adds to blood pressure issues. It adds to joint issues, hip replacements, knee replacements, all the rest of it. Um, you know, you're running around with the Cadillac body on a Volkswagen frame. It doesn't work out real well. You know what I mean? So this has been a problem for a long time in this country. We talked a lot about it when I was a chairman of the American Heart Association here in Kansas City, how we tackled this obesity issue. Uh, and 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 you've, ha- you've heard Dr. Tracy Stevens come on, cardiologist, chief cardiologist at St. Luke's Health System here in Kansas City and talk about taking responsibility. Well, it's a hard nut to crack. It's hard for people to, to deal with this. And so here's some, some things. This, this comes to me, uh, this comes out of the Wall Street Journal, and um, it's a healthcare piece that they do uh, every couple of weeks, and I thought it was fascinating. <clears throat> so it talks about recent research has deepened our understanding of how to use diet, medication, therapy, and surgery. Now, this is interesting because I, I actually didn't know this until I read this piece, but it goes on to say, one long-standing obstacle to comprehensive treatment of obesity is that many doctors haven't gotten specialized training. That's one reason physicians have tended to frame the matter, frame treatment as a matter of eating less and moving more when that doesn't work. They often see it as a failure on the part of the patients rather than a condition that is out of their control. So think about that, okay? Because what they're saying here is that they're, you know, this is the standard treatment that's provided. As I like to say, the size 44 overcoat that doesn't fit everybody, right? So it goes on to say, um, the, the, the more patients cut calories or exercise, the more the metabolism wants to compensate, slowing down to maintain weight and releasing hormones that increase appetite. Genes have also been associated with the difficulty of losing weight. So, 
it, there, there are two issues here now, one of which is this can be genetic. It doesn't mean that everybody is genetically predisposed to being overweight or 50% of this population because I don't believe that. But it does mean there's an issue there, all right? And it also talks about releasing hormones that increase appetite. So it makes sense, right? Think about it, all right? So fast emer- a fast-emerging specialty of obesity medicine aims to close the education gap. Specialists learn about the interplay of biological genetic, psychological, and environmental factors to contribute to obesity and how to personalize strategies for diet, exercise, and behavioral change. They are also trained to recognize which patient needs extra help from drugs. So now you're taking three pieces of this, diet, exercise, four pieces, psychological issues, um, and you're... You're putting all of that together and saying we're going to treat it with these things, but we may have to use a medication to help along the way. Keep something in mind, okay? And we did this when we had Dr. Sweat on talking about health disparities in our communities. If you don't have access to a grocery store where you can buy healthy food, how are you going to buy healthy food? You you walk into a convenience store um, in, in an urban setting in a lot of parts of town, and what do they have for sale? They have beer. They may have liquor. They'll have potato chips. They'll have snacks. Um, They won't have fresh vegetables and all the rest of it. And sometimes that's all that folks in those areas can access. So part of that problem is access to good food. And, you know, you've heard the term food deserts before. Well, it does exist, and it does contribute to this overall issue, especially in minority populations. So it's something to consider. Caroline Andrew, who completed an obesity fellowship, Dr. Caroline Andrew, by the way, completed an obesity uh, fellowship at Weill Cornell Medicine Comprehensive Weight Control Center in 2018, and now has her own practice at the Hospital for Surgery in New York, where surgeons refer patients to her to get them to lose weight before they have joint replacement. What did I just say earlier about the impact of this on people that have joint issues? So now they're sending these people to her because they've got to lose weight before the doctors are willing to do the surgery. So for those, she works with patients at least three to six months to lose five to 10% of their body weight. Among her services, she provides behavioral health counseling. She prescribes weight loss drug, and she refers patients to a therapist or dietitian for additional help if they need it. Okay, so there you have it. Okay, you have a complete and total package that's going to help people uh, with this weight issue. And why am I telling you all this? Well, because... I'm, I'm hoping to you know, put some education out there for people that are struggling with this issue and start looking for doctors that specialize in this particular service and attack this problem with a series of, 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 of solutions that can go on to cause a significant difference in, in that patient's health. So they, they cite one patient, John Kelly, was referred by his surgeon before hip replacement. He struggled with his weight for years. He, at one point, he weighed 372 pounds and was never able to stick to a diet. In addition, a low-carbohydrate diet with protein shakes and meal replacements and snacks, Dr. Andrews started him on metformin, a diabetes drug that has shown benefit for weight loss. Okay, so I don't know if he was diabetic or not. Even if he wasn't, metformin is typically used for treatment of type 2 diabetes, and evidently it worked because he lost 77 pounds. That's pretty significant when you stop and think about it. So, you know, I, th- I just think it's important for people to understand how 
you can seek treatment, you can seek help if you have a problem like this. And it's very encouraging to hear that we're seeing a shift with education to doctors and doctors that are going to specialize um, in helping people overcome the issue of obesity because it is extremely important. By the way, more private insurers are now paying for a lot of this because insurance carriers are seeing that if they do, it improves health overall and reduces claims. All right, when we come back from the break, we're going to chat about health insurance and what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing if you need health insurance and some solutions that are out there. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate broadcasting here on the HIA Radio Network. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA here on the HIE Radio Network. My producer, the always perfect Mr. Oscar Monterosa. I'm your host, Kerry Hall. All right, coming up this segment, we're going to talk about short-term health insurance and the cost of health insurance overall. But before I get to that, I want to remind you once again, brainhealthscan.com is the website that has all of our P300 EEG information up there. If you're any kind of a medical practitioner or provider, if you're a chiropractor, um, if you're a physical therapist, um, you're an MD, uh, whatever the case may be, up on that website, you'll see a lot of information. There's also a video now. It's on my website, on my Facebook page, on Instagram, and it's on thebrainhealthscan.com, done by Dr. Brockenshire in Michigan, who is successfully using the Wavi Brain Scan uh, program in his practice, um, and it's making a big difference for his patients. So once again, the website, brainhealthscan.com, brainhealthscan.com. Also, that video with Dr. Brockenshire is on my website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. It's on my Instagram page, America's Healthcare Advocate, and on my Facebook page. So it's about three or four minutes long, and it's really quite powerful when he talks about how it's working and what it's doing for his practice. So brainhealthscan.com, if you're interested. All right. So, you know, a lot of people think that the Wall Street Journal is, is, a, is a right-wing publication. I get this sometimes. Wall Street Journal is really more center than it is anything else. And I'm going to illustrate that by an article that was published in the Wall Street Journal here a couple of weeks ago titled, Coverage Gaps Found with Short-Term Health Plans. Now, the genesis of the article uh, is about um, the, the, the uh, congressional, the House Congressional uh, Committee that has decided, uh, this is run by the Democrat Party, by the way, and I'm, this, I don't mean this to be political, but I'm going to point out some obvious uh, misinformation that's here, um, and I'm going to talk about why they're doing this. So what's going on right now is uh, many consumers have been forced to pay their own life, for their own life-saving treatments, this is the article now, under short-term health plans that have seen enrollment, jumps since, enrollment jump since the Trump Uh, administration relaxed um, restrictions on them Uh, Thursday by the House. This was a report Thursday by the House Democrat Energy and Commerce Committee. Okay. All right. So, so let's, let's just take that little piece right there. All right. So when they say relaxed restrictions, let me tell you what that refers to. As the Obama administration left office, the last thing that the, that the uh, Secretary of Health and Human Services did under the Obama administration was take the short-term policies that were always annual policies and change the reg so they were only good for three months. Why would you do that? That means somebody has to apply every three months to stay on the plan. 
Why would you do that? Well, the answer should be obvious. You're forcing them into the ACA Obamacare plans, okay? And I'm going to talk about why that's a problem here in a minute for a certain segment of people, the people that are typically buying this type of health insurance. So so let me continue on with this. Short-term policies do not have to comply with the 2010 Affordable Care Act, so they often exclude coverage for pre-existing conditions and charge women more uh, for the same coverage uh, in the year-long investigation found. So let's take that little piece right there, okay? No, they do not have to comply with the ACA um, <clears throat> regulations. And yes, there is a pre-existing clause in those in those um, policies. Typically, like the Blue Cross and Blue Shield policies, there are five questions that are asked. You answer those questions honestly. If you don't have cancer or a major heart condition, I'm, I'm trying to give you an idea here of what, what the pre-existing conditions are, then you don't have a problem. Now, if you get cancer or heart condition after the policy's in place, it's covered 100%. So the first part of this that's a myth is that because of pre-existing conditions, you can't get coverage. Yes, there are some exclusions, some people. The insurance carriers, the brokers and agents that write these policies have made it very clear these policies are not for everybody. They're for a certain segment of the population, okay, that A, can't afford to buy an ACA Obamacare policy because they don't get a subsidy. And I'll point that out here in a minute, okay? The article then goes on to say these plans have proliferated, you'd think I did radio, since 2018, Department of Health and Human Services has access to the plans. A lot of the plans offer benefits that are similar to the ACA plans. They go on to say we've been, the, the HHS spokesman, the health and human services spokesman goes on to say that we've made it abundantly clear the plans are not for everyone. Short-term plans can be an affordable option for millions of men and women left behind by the Affordable Care Act. Okay, The report found that 27% of the 600,000 individuals enrolled in short-term plans during 2019 year compared to the prior year for a total of 3 million consumers enrolled. Why is that important? Okay, that means three million people got health insurance that couldn't get it before. Now, I'm going to point out to you what I think is there. This is an obvious political agenda. It doesn't have anything to do with health insurance. It has to do with trying to get rid of an option so that people that don't want to go on Obamacare ACA uh, have someplace else to go for health insurance. Again, these policies are not for everybody, but let me give you an example, okay? I'm going to compare an ACA policy without a subsidy to a typical um, short-term policy, and I'm going to go through it. So you got a family of two 40-year-old husband and wife and two children. All right, I, I, I went out and searched out four different plans here in the Kansas City Metro. The first one is called AM Better Essential, $1,267 a month. Does that sound affordable to you? AM Better Balance Plan, $1,639 a month. Cigna Connect with a $6,500 deductible per person, $1,226 a month after the 50% deductible, uh, and they pay 50% after the deductible. Oscar Insurance, and by the way, it's not owned by Oscar Monterosa, my producer, just so you all know. Oscar Insurance is $1,698 a month for Classic Silver. Who can afford those kind of prices? Now, let me compare that to the Blue Cross and Blue Shield one-year short-term plans for the same family, okay? Uh, here, here we have... Uh, policies that are $197 a month 
Okay, policies that are $351 a month and policies that are $429 a month. So the $429 a month policy, the most expensive policy for the family, has a $2,500 deductible and a family deductible of $7,500. Coinsurance is 30%, not 50% like the ACA, some of the ACA plans. Oh, and by the way, primary care visits, $50. Urgent care, $100. Specialist visits, $50. All of this is covered with no deductible. I want to point that out, okay? And it it offers generic drugs uh, with a $15 copay. So... (laughs) So, so what's wrong with this? Why is this a bad thing for people to be able to buy health insurance um, at at four hundred? This is one of their better policies, four hundred and twenty nine dollars a month versus the numbers I gave you a minute ago. The AM Better twelve hundred and sixty seven dollars a month. AM Better sixteen hundred thirty nine dollars a month. Cigna twelve hundred and twenty six, and Oscar Insurance at sixteen ninety eight. So, who's looking out here for the little guy? Let me ask that question. Who's looking out for, are the Democrats looking out for the little guy on this one by wanting to get rid of these policies and putting pressure on insurance companies, launching investigations and all the rest of this with, with these made-up allegations? No, they're not. And, and this, if, if it wasn't successful, then why have so many people enrolled in these policies? 600,000 individuals enrolled, up 27%. What does that say? It says that people deserve to have choices. I'm going to repeat what I said, okay? These plans are not for everybody. But if you've got a healthy young family, all right, and, or, or, and, and you're looking for coverage, you really want to pay that kind of money, okay, for a health insurance policy? By the way, if you do want help with this after the broadcast here, go ahead and call Joyce at our office. She'll be happy to help you. That number is 877-385-2224, 877-385-2224. I'm not pitching people to buy short-term insurance here. I'm offering help. If you want it, call Joyce Thompson. She'll be happy to help you. But my point in the overall discussion here is that this is a solution that works, all right? <clears throat> And then, you know, the Democrat chairman, Frank Pallone, goes on to say these plans are a bad deal for consumers and oftentimes have patients saddled with thousands of dollars in medical debt. Really? Uh, It looks to me like thousands of dollars in medical debt would apply more to the ACA plans. uh, You know, here's here's this AM Better plan for $1,267 with a $6,500 deductible and a $10,000 out-of-pocket, and nothing is covered until the deductible is met. But you're going to pay $1,267 for that. Seems to me that the bigger out-of-pocket cost is over on the AM Better Cigna and Oscar insurance plans that are available under Obamacare. So I think it's important sometimes to separate fact from fiction, and that's what I just did. We'll be right back after the break. When we come back after the break, we're going to talk about vaccines in the final segment, some good news, and some news that's going to surprise you about an existing vaccine that may have a big impact on COVID-19, or as I'm laughingly calling it sometimes conehead 19 don't send me emails it's just a little humor folks all right thank you we'll be right back after the break you're listening to america's Healthcare advocate broadcasting here on the hia radio network coast to coast across the usa stay tuned we'll be back with more
Welcome back to America's Healthcare Advocate. You're listening to us on the HIA radio network, coast to coast across the USA. My producer, Mr. Oscar Monterosa. I'm your host, Carrie Hall. Once again, to remind you, if you do need help with health insurance, the lovely Joyce Thompson is available to help you anywhere in the country, 877-385-2224. If that last segment I did on short-term got your attention, um, there are short-term plans available almost anywhere in the country right now. A lot of them with Blue Cross. I think United's got some, um, and Aetna as well. So if you want help with something like that, give her a call. She will be happy uh, to help you. Big difference in premium, right? Okay. And the coverage, if you if you don't have a lot of pre-existing medical conditions, like you're type 1 diabetic, you're not going to get that. You don't want that policy. But, you know, for people that are reasonably healthy, it can be a very uh, – good plan that offers good benefits. Some of the benefits are actually better than what are offered on the ACA plans. All right, enough of all that. All right, so some good news, okay? Fascinating article. Again, uh, this one was, I believe this was in the Epic Times, another newspaper I read. I read a lot of newspapers. Uh, okay, so this, this, this particular article comes out of the Epic Times, and um, I read a lot of newspapers, as you can tell. So, so this one is titled, An Old Vaccine May Help Against COVID, and it's written by Dr. Gallo, uh, who is the director of the University of Maryland School of Medicine, and it's and it's also contributed to by Mr. Arbus, who's the CEO of Exeron Investments uh, and part of the Global Virus Board Network. So, Global Virus Network is a collaboration of virology, virology researchers, and social scientists to improve pandemic preparedness and response. We know that life must go on uh, while the work of COVID nineteen vaccines continue. We believe that people. Uh, return to work as people return to work their risk of infection can be minimized by applying an old vaccine surprise surprise uh that could really um slow down infection rate and maybe um keep them from getting infected so here here is what they're talking about the the sequence of covid19 viral genome published by in January by the Chinese scientists identified proteins that can be targeted by a vaccine. So the way this vaccine works, wait till I tell you what the vaccine is for, you're going to be surprised, is that it targets those proteins, right? We suggest that Sabin oral polio vaccine, do you believe that? polio vaccine uh, as an ideal way to stimulate native emergency immune response to COVID while work on the targeted vaccine continues. It's a 70, has a 70-year-old track record in protecting against polio, and almost 50 years ago, Russian virologists discovered that it's also protective against certain viruses. It reduced influenza by 3.8-fold, better than specific influenza vaccines. Other vaccines, including including ones for measles, can do the same. Isn't that amazing? Polio vaccine, 50 years uh, in the running. All right, and th- this, this doctor is saying, and this is what he does, that this could make a huge difference. We propose that the OPV medication be available because of its simplicity, a tablet, and its very low-cost, decade-long safety record. No toxicity has been observed in populations already vaccinated against polio. Even in unvaccinated populations, side effects are rare. Billions of people have received the OPV, including nearly everyone in the U.S. between 1962 and 2000. How's that for a piece of good news? You know? How's that for a piece of good news? The polio vaccine 
could slow down the rate of infection on COVID-19 significantly. Past studies have suggested this protection from innate immunity could last several months and repeat the vaccination. Uh, it might be extended longer, uh, considerably longer. It says this approach should provide ample time for economies to normalize while investigations of COVID-specific vaccine candidates continues over the next year to two years. And as we know, as I've talked about it on the show, there are multiple uh, vaccines being tested now, uh, right now. Regeneron, the list goes on and on and on and on. Um, and Dr. Fauci thinks that we're going to have one by the end of the year. But what an amazing uh, discovery here and what an amazingly piece of uh, good news, that, something that you probably haven't seen in the media. Don't, don't you find that kind of interesting, you know? <laughs> what you see in the media is hysteria, okay? Remember the Ozark thing here in in Missouri? I mean, that's the first time the Ozarks ever made it on the front page of the New York Times, I think, in my life, um, as well as the Wall Street Journal and every other newspaper. And we're going to have massive outbreaks of COVID-19 because all these kids went down there, were drinking and partying in the pools, on the boats, at the bars, all the rest of it. And what happened? One big nothing burger, okay? We probably... <laughs> I, I I haven't heard the numbers, okay, but there hasn't been any, uh, th- there's been no hysteria with thousands of people uh, in Kansas City, St. Louis, Joplin, all the various cities in and around uh, Missouri coming down with COVID-19. Hasn't happened. Yes, people did get infected with it. Yes, there was some spread of it, but was it massive? Like the front page, I'll never forget the front page of New York Times with the the, the, the Lake of the Ozarks on the front page. I never thought I'd see that in my lifetime, okay? So my point in telling you this stuff, again, kind of goes back to some of the things I said at the beginning of the show. What we're hearing in the media isn't necessarily what I would consider to be balanced, and, and it certainly um, doesn't, doesn't show the good things that are happening nearly as much as it should. These vaccines are coming along. This particular one is going to make a huge difference for people. There's also the Regeneron, which I talked about just a minute ago. No, excuse me. It's Remdesivar, which I talked about a minute ago. Is There's another article that talks about it costing about $3,120 per patient. So that's coming. That's out now, and that's going to be used in hospitals that will be covered by insurance policies, um, and it will be be available, uh, a massive amount of that particular um, drug will be available shortly for people to use in attacking COVID-19. So that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening today. If we can help you with anything, go to the website, americashealthcareadvocate.com, and uh, we'll be happy to do so. Send me an email. I want to close today with this quote again by Maria Curie. Nothing in life is to be feared. It is only to be understood. Keep that in mind as you listen to the news every day and read newspapers and social media and all the rest of it. Thank you for listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting here on the HIA radio network, coast to coast across the USA. Don't forget to like me on Instagram, and you can also go to the Facebook page. We'll be right back with another show next week. Stay tuned for America's Healthcare Advocate. 